Force. 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 The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your source for everything Star Wars gaming. Each week, your hosts will go over the news, updates, and more that have been happening in the galaxy far, far away. Come join us and our community of like-minded fans as we dive deeper into Star Wars games, past, present, and future, Star Wars lore, and the new shows and movies as they get announced and released. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and as always, I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Glad to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about the Star Wars gaming landscape in 2021. Our thoughts on what happened or lack thereof, depending on how things go. And uh, we'll also be next episode talking about our hopes for 2022. So we want to review what came out or what was announced in 2021. And then uh, we're also going to be talking about our thoughts on The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 1. So, let's get started. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. Okay, 2021 feels like... <laughs> like it's been three years rolled yeah. into one. <laughs> In preparation for this episode, I went back on Uplink Podcast and looked at the videos we were making for Star Wars Gaming, and oh my goodness, I... I didn't realize what had happened this year because I thought it was last year and it was in January. Mm. Um, so it, it feels so long ago. Starting off, something that I forgot was announced this year and I thought it was in 2020 that was announced. Lucasfilm Games was officially relaunched. So Lucasfilm Games has always been a thing, but it hasn't been in the forefront since EA got the license in 2013 for Star Wars because they had the exclusivity license and in that time period they created Battlefront 2015, Battlefront 2 2017, Jedi Fallen Order, and um, Star Wars Squadrons. And then they also had Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. I think, I think that's what it is. <clears throat> the mobile game. That's what they did <laughs> with their uh, time in the sun. Very few games. I will say those games that they did release were quite good. So there is that part at least. But Lucasfilm Games has always been, every time that they were mentioned, everyone freaked out. Like it's been a thing for years uh, almost decades. I think it has been around four decades. Yeah. Uh, so. It was always something that was in the background, and they rebranded it as the kind of the hub for things. Now that Disney is in a new direction for Star Wars gaming, they are focusing on having a central hub for that. So they have Lucasfilm Games, which is going to handle all of the Lucasfilm game stuff. That's going to be the official official title of the games that are going to be produced under the Star Wars banner, as well as Indiana Jones. They announced an Indiana Jones game developed by uh, a Bethesda studio. Gotcha. So that's kind of, that's that's what Lucasfilm Games is. And that was announced this year that they were refocusing what Lucasfilm Games has been and going in this new direction that now, instead of having one publisher have the license, 
they're going to open it up to other developers and they're going to reach out to developers to make Star Wars games. And if you as a developer have an idea, you can approach Lucasfilm Games and say, hey, I want to make a Star Wars. And they'll say yes or no instead of you have to be an EA studio, you have to go through the EA stuff and then it has to go to Disney and then it has to get approved. Like, oh, there were so many different layers announced working with Lucasfilm directly in that Lucasfilm Games section. So, like, does anyone have their little fingers in this then? Like, I don't know, just, I really don't know how these game developer guys work. Um, But it just seems like Disney's always this overarching, like, don't mess with our stuff sort of thing. I mean, historically they have been. A lot of the problems, like, Jedi Fallen Order, if respawn wasn't making it that's why i love respawn so much is they (laughs) they were told specifically by disney or lucasfilm to make a different type of game they said you you should make a a shooter game with like bounty hunters and they were like no we're going to make a (laughs) lightsaber game this is our idea you can take it or leave it this is what we want to do and uh eventually they they were able to do it uh but in terms of like dice, they don't have that backbone. So they had a lot less uh, of a favorable experience working with the Lucasfilm Disney kind of approvals process. Gotcha. One of the biggest things, uh, Dennis Branval in an interview who was the uh, design director for for Battlefront 2 and was a producer, uh, director, designer on 2015 as well. Uh Legend, legend for Battlefront, really. Uh, he said in an interview that uh, if he could change one thing about making Battlefront, it would be the approvals process. He said that was his least favorite and most frustrating part of that was the approvals. Because of how DICE is structured, they're a very old company. Hmm. They've been around uh, probably... I don't know if they've been close to 20 years, but it's around that mark. They have very ingrained ideas around how games are made that they they can't really switch gears and they don't really, they've been a part of EA for so long that they don't feel like they can say yes or no to certain things. They <laughs> feel like they have to say yes. Gotcha. So when EA was like, yo, Disney, I think Disney had a part of that too, but it was like loot boxes. <laughs> They're like, okay. Uh, we'll put them in. And then that whole controversy happened. So this is hopefully a much better situation because developers and pub- the developers can work with these studios or with Lucasfilm directly and they don't have to go through so many layers of bureaucracy. Gotcha. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hopefully. And part of that announcement was also announcing uh, Ubisoft Massive Entertainment is going to be developing an open world Star Wars game. So, that's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Massive has done a few few things in the past that are been pretty popular. They are a uh, Swedish based company, and uh, they have done a few other games in the past. One was the uh, Division franchise. They worked on that, uh, the first and the second one. They've also been a studio that has worked on a Far Cry game as well as uh, some Assassin's Creed games. But their main things, those were always like uh, supplementary game development for for those games. And uh, Tom Clancy was really their like big thing. So that that was a uh, uh, 
team-based online shooter in this open world. And that's kind of what people expect this Ubisoft game to be. Mm. They're also working on the Avatar uh, open world game, the Blue People Avatar. Gotcha. I was going to be like, what? <laughs> Why have you not told me about this? But no, that no, makes more sense. Blue People <laughs> Avatar uh, to tie in with the new Avatar movies that are be coming out, I think, starting next year. What? Yeah, there's like three or four. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're working on a game in the Avatar Blue People universe. Uh, and we saw a little bit of what that would look like in 2021. I think E3 uh, was when we saw that. Uh, so Ubisoft is going to be making a Star Wars uh, game. And uh, we don't have a confirmed time frame. We don't have any footage. We just know that they will be working on a Ubisoft Star Wars game. Okay. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, just seeing how games have been going lately, it just seems like, you know what? Take your time. Mm-hmm. Let us know when you got something good. Because exactly. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> yeah. I think the ex- expectations for a game like Ubisoft to be coming out would be 2023. And I don't. we don't know the specifics of the contract around exclusivity or what the move from Lucasfilm Games to all different studios to be making Star Wars games means does because they had a EA had a 10 years exclusivity license 2013 to 2023 maybe that was terminated between Disney and EA maybe it wasn't and we won't see any Star Wars games until 2023 outside of EA that's definitely a possibility so we'll see how that goes but I think 2023 at the earliest, honestly. Yeah. So, and who knows with pandemics and all that stuff, uh, pandemics and working from home and that shift has affected so many games in so many interesting ways. There has been a mass exodus from studios uh, just because of the toxic culture around gaming and how there is people don't feel well compensated or well appreciated in certain positions. So there's a lot of uh, uh, coming and going between these studios. So a lot, especially with like Battlefield, a lot of the developers that worked with the franchise historically aren't there anymore because they've gone to other studios or left the game industry entirely to work in tech where they're better treated and more well compensated. So there's that part of things too. (laughs) Fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, Something that uh, was also announced was the uh, KOTOR remake was rumored uh, around the beginning of the year. And we didn't see anything until, uh, I think it was June, June-ish. It was with E3 or Gamescom, I believe. But I I think it was E3 because there wasn't anything Star Wars except for um, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga which was also delayed this year to to be, or delayed in 2021 to 2022. And that's coming up really soon. I think April or May is when we'll be getting that game. So I'm excited about that. But we'll talk about that next episode as we look forward to what's going to be coming uh, this year for Star Wars. But yeah, a KOTOR remake was rumored, and now KOTOR remake is officially announced. It's going to be exclusive to PS5 and PC, so it won't be coming to Xbox as far as we know. We don't know if it's a timed exclusivity, but it will be coming to PC. Uh, we got a cinematic trailer just setting the the tone. We got uh, Revan and a few other people mentioned, or at least there was a voiceover 
Uh, it wasn't very detailed. It was basically Revan walking forward in the shadows with some uh, voiceover, and that was about it. So that that's as far as we know. Uh, we just know it's coming. We don't know exactly what it will be. Uh, what was rumored is it's going to be a combination between KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2. Kind of put those things together in this new uh, remake flavor. Because it is a remake, it's not a remaster, which is great. So they're mm-hmm. starting from the ground up. Yeah, so like, it it sounds like they're making a whole new game. They are, and I think it's going to take heavy, uh, definitely going to be taking inspiration from those previous games, but right. they're going with a new direction. Uh, I think it's going to be condensing the two games into a more canon experience to fit in with the timelines and mm-hmm. see what the new uh, world around Star Wars is in gaming and in that era, because it is the old Knights of the Old Republic. We have yet to see uh, more of an official canon look at that. We know about the High Republic, which is a new era in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But the Old Republic's even further back. It's a much wider time frame. And this will be the kind of the... We don't know if it's going to be canon, but we assume it will be canon, considering it is a remake. Um, there's a few people involved with the project uh, around writing. And as usual, there's always some controversy. Um, the writer for the game has never played or does not like the previous games what she made some statements that said that they were not good games and that she does not prefer them um which again sparks some controversy and it's always there's always the idea of like is this what people are saying because it's a bad take or is it because she's a woman in gaming? That was kind of the controversy oh, around it. What? Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. I personally don't think anybody, regardless of religion, race, sex, gender, whatever, I think if you hate the original content, you're going to struggle with telling or capturing the true roots of that project, no matter what it is. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Um, how did she it get could on be the, good. How did she get on the job if she doesn't like the old ones? I know, right? If she's the one who's like, no, these have to be remade because I hate them. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe <laughs> I mean, maybe it ends up being a great thing. We get this new look and they she can take a really good look at what was there and say oh this was good I like that part of this but I don't like this part of this so who knows it may end up being a good thing but I just think personally in my opinion I don't know if it's a good idea to put someone in the position who does not appreciate or uh, enjoy the previous games to be the lead on a remake yeah but maybe it's the games themselves not the story but i think she said something around the story i would imagine a story seeing how she's a writer like she's writing the new one well the remake Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i'm not sure how i feel about that yeah (laughs) i'm sure everyone doesn't know how they feel about that exactly Hmm. and there was there was quite a bit of controversy because there were a lot of people as usual going and but just being just being little punks talking talking uh being sexist around those decisions uh they went with that direction uh there were a number of people that actually did say hey i don't know if this is a i don't care if if she's a woman or a man or whoever uh again i i I don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes 
Uh, I'm just excited for a new take because my I love the story of the first and the second game. I think the second game is better in terms of a story, but the gameplay has aged. It's it's rough, mm-hmm. and I played them on console too, so it's even Oof. more rough. Yeah, uh, because those games were originally made for PC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, but I'm just glad it's going to be getting made. Uh, switching gears just a little bit, uh, Star Wars Hunters, the Switch and mobile game was announced and, uh, it is in pre-release right now, beta, depending on where you are in the world, you can play it. And this is a hero shooter based or, and based in locations and characters inspired by Star Wars. (laughs) It's so weird. Zynga has the license for this and they didn't decide to go with Star Wars characters specifically, they went to say, now these none of these are canon Star Wars characters or universes or planets or planets. Um, everything is like there's a sand one, but it's not Tatooine. It's this other planet that's not a real planet. It's Star Wars inspired. Okay. It's so, really strange. I don't know why you get a Star Wars license and you're like, yeah. we're not going to do Star Wars. It's just going to be inspired by the universe of Star Wars and it's going to say Star Wars Hunters. Yeah, okay. That's messed up. Because like, <laughs> uh, you can't just, you can't slap the name on it and say, actually, no, this is just a filter of Star Wars. It's either, it's either Star Wars or it's not. You know, mm-hmm. like they're somewhere in that uh, hazy middle ground because mm-hmm. it uses Star Wars weapons. They have Star Wars races. Like you can play a uh, a Wookiee, you can play a Jawa. It's so strange. <sighs> I don't know why they made that decision. I've heard Sammy Boy and Split Screen friends of the podcast both play it, and they've both greatly enjoyed it. Um, I just think this, the whole idea around the game is so strange. And the fact that, like, depending on the location you are, they, they're promoting the crap out of it right now. And I don't know how to play it. <laughs> so, hmm. I mean, I get it. Like, great. Yes, give us, just give us random Star Wars bits. I get it. Like, let's let's do it. But, I don't know. It seems like an odd twist to put on it. So it's like Star Wars and... Fortnite mixed together like it has this Fortnite vibe for yeah me. we haven't we haven't discussed a whole lot on this on uh, of this on the podcast so we'll, we'll have a, a Star Wars Hunters episode of the podcast once we get our hands on it and start to play it because it is coming to switch and it's coming to iOS and it's coming to Android so yeah I can't I, really I, say anything about it I'm it's, excited I've played it I'm excited to play it uh I I'm I haven't looked at anything, so I don't know 100% how it works in terms of, like, monetization. What does it look like to play? Because mobile games are always filled with, like, the worst possible pay-to-play mechanics. Like, can I only play two rounds before I have to jump out and do this? Or do I have to buy all the, the heroes? Does it take 15 years to unlock it? But if I pay $10, do I get all of them in a loot box? Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just confused because this is the first time I'm really hearing about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you trained up in the Star Wars gaming mm-hmm. arts. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lego Star Wars, like we mentioned, was delayed again. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out in October of 2020. Uh, then it got delayed uh, again in 2021. 
or got delayed in 2020 to 2021 and then got delayed again even further to 2022 so this game was supposed to come out two years ago uh it'll end up coming out april may june somewhere around there um that is, of course, unless they delay it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, though, they have a lot of polish on it. And again, like, I don't care if you delay the game. Just make sure it's good. It's full featured. It's well polished. And there aren't a lot of bugs. If, well, if it is delayed two years and it's mm-hmm. still buggy and it's not very well optimized, mm-hmm. like, that's on a develop. Like, that's on you guys. Come on. Yeah. Well, and it's it's take your time and make it good. And let us know what you're, uh-huh. like, what's going on. You only have on. one shot to have a first right, impression. exactly. <laughs> so make sure, don't become cyberpunk. Yeah. Because cyberpunk, they delayed it many times and it's still released buggy garbage. Mm-hmm. Again, like, it's now great. People are loving it. It's got a very positive <laughs> review score on Steam now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see, Star Wars wasn't shown at EA Play. I think the big thing, uh, weeks before, uh, so Star Wars, SWOTOR. So SWOTOR announced that they weren't going to be at EA Play like two or three weeks before EA Play was a thing. And officially EA Star Wars waited until like two or three days before EA Play to be like, well, we're not doing anything Star Wars. And everyone was like, what? Because they hadn't said anything. So obviously mm-hmm. we're like Star Wars, the Old Republic said, oh, hey, we're not going to be there. Don't expect anything. We've got other news later this year. So just be just be patient. We'll give it to you. And then EA Star Wars is like silence. So we're like, oh, we can expect something cool from Star Wars, right? No. And they didn't tell us that until like days before. So that, that was very frustrating. That's a little rude. Yeah. Uh, who knows if we'll ever see a, a Star Wars game from EA again. Uh, it's a, I mean, we're, we're still going to get Jedi Fallen Order 2, so we expect. And we'll talk about that next episode. On that same vein, DICE uh, pitched Battlefront 3 to EA. Uh, according to uh, leakers, uh, people familiar with the industry said that uh, DICE pitched Battlefront 3 to EA and uh, they denied it because the game would have to sell 20% more copies to be profitable and like did you not see how many people are playing Star Wars Battlefront to this day Mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to sell 20% more copies if you release a good game especially with the Battlefront license like no there's no way that doesn't sell 20% it's gonna sell 50% 50% more than another franchise. Maybe that's what they're worried about, though, is that it's not going to be a good game. <laughs> that's true. I mean, considering DICE's reputation for the past uh, seven years, let's see. The last good Battlefield game was Battlefield 1. Battlefield 5 launched horribly. Uh, Battlefield, Battlefront 2 launched horribly. Eventually, it got to a good spot. Battlefront 2042 launched horribly. So... 2016 was the last time we saw a good launch from... I mean, even Battlefront 2015 was a a lackluster release, but it still sold 13 million copies, which is more than Battlefield 1 did, I believe. Definitely more than Battlefield 5. Um, Battlefield 5 only sold like 9 million copies. 
So there's there's your twenty percent more on a lackluster release. There you go. <laughs> it's easy. You put Star Wars on anything and it's gonna sell over twenty percent more. There's no way that math doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that that's a look at Star Wars gaming in twenty twenty one. Next episode we're gonna be looking forward, some of our hopes, expectations, what games do we think are going to be announced. We're gonna take a little bit of a break and we're gonna be back with our review of the Book of Boba Fett. This podcast is a production of Uplink Media Group. Uplink is a podcast network dedicated to highlighting the love and experience of gaming and pop culture. Check out our other shows, The Battlefield Show, Star Wars Uplink, and The Forge, the Halo Infinite podcast, as well as our YouTube channels for even deeper dives into Battlefield, Star Wars, and more. YouTube.com slash Uplink podcast and StarWarsUplink.com. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Okay. Book of Boba Fett, episode one. Boba's back. Big Boba. Boba. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Ready for action. The The legendary bounty hunter is here. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the first episode? Oh, um... I loved the beginning. I thought the opening was really good. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, jumping right in to what we see as a recovering Boba. Yeah, definitely. He he seems wounded, for Having sure. His dreams. I mean, he's... We're going to touch on some spoilers in this section. Uh, so if you don't want to be heavily spoilered, I wouldn't necessarily recommend. We're going to do, let's do a quick spoiler-free synopsis of our thoughts. Okay. And then we'll get into more specifics. For me, I love the setting. It's great to see Boba on screen again. The fight scenes feel slow in a way that I did not expect considering Robert Rodriguez who does I mean he's become famous for these really action heavy movies with a lot of fighting and violence and then to see the fighting in this to be very slow was strange the music I don't like it I don't like it and the audio mix is so bad it's so bad. The music's super low. The sound effects are really weird. And like it'll be super loud one second. The next second, it's super low. It's not very punchy. Not good, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like we were humming it after, after it was all done, but we're like, it's not memorable. The music mm-hmm. just doesn't have any grip to it. Doesn't it doesn't have any character. Mm-hmm. Like I, at first listen, I wasn't completely sold on the music language of Mandalorian, but I could still appreciate, even then, I I personally didn't like the flavor, but I could appreciate that it was unique and it was a good take, if not in my specific tastes. It's like when I went to London, I went to a Lebanese restaurant and I had this lamb chop lamb was cooked and seasoned perfectly it was beautiful but i knew i did not like it (laughs) i ate the whole thing but i was like okay this is not for me (laughs) i had like the lamb in the best possible situation i was like 
it's not for me. Now, Mandalorian did end up growing on me. But I don't think this is going to grow on me because it's not very recognizable. Yeah. I don't. I guess I don't really have a whole lot more to say about it. Because um, I feel like you touched on most of my thoughts on it as well. Especially with like the slowness mm-hmm. of like the action and stuff. I guess it felt just very human. <laughs> it felt like we were like watching like if you've been on like a fake set or something like that where you see people like doing their stunts and stuff it just felt like that it felt Mm -hmm. like we were just watching stunt people flail around (laughs) and there wasn't any like it it didn't feel feel very cinematic at all it just felt very flat clunky yeah Yeah. flat is a fantastic way to put it because that that's how it felt very flat um it's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah what what I am struggling with with Book of Boba Fett is we see Boba in the last in the second season of Mandalorian, and he is quick, he's agile, he is dangerous, and he is just as bad a as you remember him or you think he was. Because like we don't see a whole lot of Boba at all. No, but we, I was just thinking about this. Like I. I don't know the character of Boba at all. I have not read any books. I haven't read any comics. I don't. I don't know anything about Boba other than when he was a kid, saying "Get him, Dad! Get him!" <laughs> um, so, yeah, like this is the introduction that I get. Other than it, when we saw him in Mandalorian, mm. this is the introduction that a complete newbie to Boba is gonna get. And this is what we're seeing. I'm very confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, just it's such a drastic shift. I mean, they're probably doing it intentionally for the story. Okay. This is where the spoiler-free discussion stops. So <laughs> This is where we draw the line. We got to yeah. get into this. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, definitely consider rating us on Spotify or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all the places. We greatly appreciate that. Now let's get into some spoiler discussion. Um, Boba Fett is hurt he's injured he is struggling with his past he's having nightmares he is in this place which in and of itself is perfectly fine start to a story but considering we saw him in mandalorian season two and he was epic he was a complete character it's such a drastic shift yeah i don't know what's going on it's like okay so we're we're getting this dichotomy of a character where we have him climbing out of the snarl snarlack pit and we've got him surviving in this uh getting trapped by sand people and over and over and over again we see him getting back up totally scarred totally like dehydrated he's a freaking beast he's dehydrated he doesn't have the nutrients he needs and he's still kicking butt yeah and then we get him in this Becta tank. Becta. You can't even like hit little shield guys. Like, yeah. come on, bro. Like uh-huh. you're supposed to you you're telling us that you Get me have, back to my bath. You're telling us that you've gotten through all this crap. You're now on the throne of Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. And you need your little bath time? Like yeah. I'm so You're confused. the most powerful person in Tatooine. <laughs> and you're struggling against f- uh, people that you t- just took out in episode two of this, of their season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's deliberate. 
the thing, like I said, like the thing I struggle with is that deliberation of being slow to the start of having this wounded character is fine in and of itself. If Boba, if Book of Boba Fett was its own thing, this was a new character we've never seen before. Right. Perfect. It's great start. You're getting the background of this character, surviving the Sarlacc, beating the crap out of sand people. And then you see him older, more worn and he's struggling. He's on the throne of Tatooine. Like, it's a very compelling start to a story. Right. Except this is Star Wars. This is a character we've lived with for over 40 years. This is a character that is more legendary and has had fewer time on the screen than any other character. We know so little about him, especially in canon. Mm-hmm. And we just saw him in The Mandalorian. He was hyped up. He was a beast and mandalorian and now we see him as a completely different person yeah oh he's this old man (laughs) (laughs) trying to win everyone would have been fine to win an entire culture over with respect yeah i get it you're gonna have to be a little bit more powerful to do that yeah you're gonna have to know what you're getting into i feel like he's just like you can't walk down from your holy mount on Uh, the top and then get kicked like totally destroyed to the point where you have to have your bodyguards drag you up to the mountain again so you can get into your bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't know. I have a problem with his philosophy because you don't just, you can't, uh, I'm going to be really fascinated to see what they do with his winning them over re- with respect sort of thing mm-hmm. because he's going to have to get some training going. Oh, he's going <laughs> to need a lot of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's just, he's in for a world of hurt if he thinks he can just walk into an entire culture and change everything. I mm-hmm. don't know. I'm. Especially Tatooine, <sighs> Masaisley, Masespa, these hives of scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, oh, hey, guys. I'm going to be curious to see yeah. how this all goes down. Uh huh. Going, re- going door to door. I what's her name? This little. Sidekick lady. Finnick Shand. Finnick Shand has got a lot more patience than I do for him right now. So <laughs> he better start wowing me and getting me to respect him. So yeah. <laughs> I respect the old him. I don't know what this new him's doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have to have a you have to have a little bit of a foundation of uh legendary status which mm-hmm. he does but not necessarily in that universe to the point where a sniveling mare doesn't want to visit him mm-hmm. like dude you've been gone for like 30 years <laughs> yeah i don't know and i feel like no one in tatooine knows him like no one knows his name mm-hmm. i feel like he's just like who Who are you who what yeah eh? it's like what you're gonna go into this place with no reputation at all uh-huh. and expect everyone to just suddenly respect you I don't know. <laughs> Jabba ruled Tatooine with fear. I plan to rule it with respect. <laughs> well, I'm here for the ride of how that looks, so let's yeah. go. <laughs> I think overall, like as much as we're kind of tearing it apart, it's a good start. Mm-hmm. Like Honestly, it's the start of a season. Um, I kind of would have expected something a little bit more punchy. Mm -hmm. I love all of the background stuff, like the flashbacks, I think is super awesome. Mm -hmm. 
I love that start. The whole getting out of the uh, Sarlacc pit. That was amazing. So awesome. And then the <laughs> meme that's going around with yeah. the uh, Parks and Rec, par- Patton Oswalt, <laughs> like scene for scene, breaking so down in Parks and Rec years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's basically the same. Yep. It's so great. It's beautiful. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. But I think it's a good start. I hope to see more impactful character development um i'd love to see some explanation uh and i I specifically use that phrase see some explanation because i want to see it i don't want him to be like well i'm uh." (laughs) (laughs) like i mean we had this discussion last episode when we were talking about our expectations for book of boba fett um we i I don't necessarily want to hear him a whole lot i want Mm -hmm. him to be I think that's what's so disappointing is like he is this character we we know very little about. Um, And every time he opens his mouth, it's like, dude, the things you're saying don't actually reflect what's actually happening. Yeah. It's like he just, I don't know, something about it just seems like he's not as worldly. And yet he's the guy who overthrew or who like has taken the mm-hmm. throne of this. He has been out of action for a little while. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> so I guess, I don't know, maybe it's hard to say. I mean, obviously it is difficult to say that we're disappointed in it at all because it's the first episode and it's just exactly. building everything up right now. I think one thing I hope to see is a theme. Like even in the music, like to feel like, like in my head right now, I can, I can automatically think of the Mandalorian theme. Yeah. I can't. I don't we were know. humming it afterwards, and we I were. have no memory but of it. I, nope, no, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So I'll. I just. I'm really curious to know what kind of a theme they give him. Yeah. And like what we're gonna, the feelings that we're gonna get mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. Should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it to see how it goes, what it looks like, ultimately what what happens to the character, because again. He's legendary. It's mm-hmm. a huge feat. I would not want to be in Robert Rodriguez's shoes no. to decide the fate of a character who we've all hyped in our brains for years, decades, mm-hmm. and <laughs> to have the responsibility to bring this character to life and tell a compelling story. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I love the setting. Uh, we're back on what I love most is we're on Tatooine it's not some new sand planet like stop with the new stuff (laughs) if you want a planet similar to something in the past use that planet Mm -hmm. don't make a freaking new sand planet (laughs) I mean I'm sure there's billions of them in the galaxy but come on but that doesn't mean we have to see them all (laughs) they're not all the same (laughs) yeah Jakku you don't exist. Get out of here. You're Where? a cheap ripoff of Tatooine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like you've at least done something a little different. Yeah, no. I'm, well, this sand's actually a lighter lighter yellow. It's Ugh. not the same like rich texture. This is more of like, well, you could say the, the sand color of Tatooine was like a cardboard box, and this is like... Ashy wood. (laughs) (laughs) Tatooine sounds like like a sea, but Jakku is more like a desert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. It's, yeah, so bad. 
Yeah, but I think with that, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Star Wars Uplink. Greatly appreciate you all for sticking with us and joining us back as we dive deeper into the world of Star Wars gaming, Star Wars lore, Star Wars movies, books, TV shows, all the things. So, definitely, thanks for sticking around. Here goes to a fantastic 2022. Let's hope we get a lot of Star Wars both games and movies and shows, all the things. As always, thanks for listening. We greatly appreciate your support by leaving us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can also rate us on Spotify, so that'd be great as well if you listen on Spotify. Our Twitter handle is at Star Wars Uplink. You can join us there. Our YouTube channel is uh, Star Wars Uplink. We have over 20,000 subscribers We hit it just before midnight to ring in the new year. A minute, 11.59 p.m. We we hit 20,000 subscribers at 12 midnight. We had 20,001. That's so awesome. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, So definitely go join us there. We have this podcast as well. As lore shorts, we break down different aspects of the Star Wars universe, characters, locations, all the lore in bite-sized snippets there, as well as longer dives into characters and uh, much more on the Star Wars Uplink YouTube channel. So, as always, may the Force be with you.